Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host as always, Alex, and with me today I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm okay. It's a bit of a hectic end to the, to the transfer window and a bit of a disappointing result um, to follow that, but um, I don't know, there's some positives some positives to come out of i think yeah yeah well we'll, we'll uh, jump right into it and and you're right it has been a pretty uh disappointing week i know the last time we recorded we were sort of preparing to say goodbye to Grizicki, uh and that was looking pretty likely and i think your words or, or your words to some effect were basically well as long as we don't lose both Grizicki and bowen we'll be okay but we you know surely can't lose both of them and sure enough, we lost both of them. So <laughs> it was a pretty frustrating end to the window in that sense. I think it's pretty tough when you, um, in a way, get your hopes up that you're going to keep both players and it goes right until the last couple of days of the window and then all of a sudden we lose both of them. Um, but I try and sort of um, remind myself that when we finished last season against Bristol City, we, we basically thought we were saying goodbye to both of them, that they'd both played their last game for us and we got another close to six months out of them um, and had some pretty you know, fond memories and, and great wins with them in the side. So there's a sort of silver cloud to that. Um, I do accept, you know, obviously in a way it's better that they go in the summer because we have more time to replace them and all that sort of thing. But, you know, you know it's all ifs and buts. And you don't really know what the situation would have been, whether we would have got the same fee for Bowen, um, you know, uh, whether the players that McGann had brought in would have gelled the same way, all that sort of thing. So it's it's a really tough one. I can completely understand people's frustrations about it, but, but what's your take on it? Um, yeah, look, I get that it's um, it, it's frustrating and it seems to replicate that uh, the asset stripping. I think that we've yeah. sort of titled it a few times, um, and from that, from that, from a just from a purely from a fan's perspective, and with you know the the McCann's talk about you know top six was was the the target for this season and and how we'd, we'd been going it, it, it was definitely it was a bit of a shock and, and pretty disappointing to lose them both but um when you take into consideration i guess not only the those two players but the other things that happen in the window for us overall um you know we're a club that is in terms of finances and is in terms of a football club is trying to get themselves as a sustainable club and they managed in that window to um offload milinkovic Mm. Um, Henriksen's gone um, on loan for the remainder of of, of the season. Um, Grzycki, um and Bowen, unfortunately, though, with for the latter. But those f- four plus, maybe I think a couple of young guys possibly left as well. But um, you know, that's a huge chunk of of what our um, wage bill was as a as a whole. Um, so in 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 one way, it's you know that. That's, I guess, the silver lining from 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 that perspective. Um, you look at some of the players they brought in. Um, I know, you know, everyone's saying, "Oh, we're 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 selling quality and and we're, you know, buying on potential or when you know we're not buying at championship level players or, you know." Um, but I don't know from the the bits and pieces I saw. Um, I know, you know, Wilkes is. I think he's going to take a little while to get going if he sort of does. But Madison, like, can just seem to 
come on. He had he had some creative spark. He seemed to do pretty well when he came on the pitch. So yeah, um, yeah. I, don't know, I think there's, there's there's positive and negatives about this whole situation, but yeah. um, we just got to got to get on with it now. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting. I don't know if you saw the Peterborough chairman came out and had some pretty uh, choice words to say about Marcus Madison and the the manner of his departure from Peterborough and the fact that I think we weren't even. You know, he turned down Charlton, he turned down Birmingham, and he essentially turned us down, but then sort of got talked into it at the last minute. Um, you know, you always sort of expect that fans or, or supporters or, or, or people involved with clubs after they've lost players of, of a high calibre are kind of going to be saying uh, all sorts of things to kind of cover themselves. It does sound like there's a bit of um, fire where there's smoke in this case, so who knows in terms of his attitude how he'll go. I'd, I'd like to hope that he's just going to take the opportunity with both hands and really sort of try and prove himself at this level, whether it's with us or someone else next season. Uh, this is really his big chance to, to show that he's, he's got it at this level. Um, and then the other one, you know, James Scott, young, I think he's 19 from, from Scotland. I, I tend not to be too concerned about his goal record when you look at his age. Um, and in, in a lot of ways, you look at his highlights, he looks a lot like uh, Bowen did at that age in terms of his ability to cut inside, his ability to get past, you know, get to the byline and then cut in past players. Um, so if he's the sort of player that we can then take to that next level and turn into the next Bowen, yeah, well, I think the fee will end up rising to one and a half million if he if he's a success. I assume it's probably more around a bit under or close to a million um, as a as a straight up fee. Um, but he's a, he's another one. Where, you know, as you say, we're sort of getting players in on potential rather than track record. I think that's a little bit of a concern for me. Um, you sort of look at. Um, the, the fact that the fact that the squad is quite young, that we've recruited quite young, you do, as he sort of said last week, you do need that bit of experience. We've got Lee High, but he's really just about it. Uh, maybe Irvine, arguably. Um, but but look, as you say, I mean, you know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we were talking promotion. We were talking playoffs at least um, with this squad of so-called League One players that everyone's now sort of scoffing at and saying, you know, they're no good. So it, it can turn quite quickly, but. You know, you can't also say that it can't turn the other way as well. If if we kind of go on a bit of a run, if if Madison comes into the starting eleven and can can do something, if Lopez gets his form going again, if you know, all these guys, Wilkes starts performing as well. Um, if all these guys start performing, all of a sudden we're sitting there saying, "Look at this amazing young squad we've got," and and the potential is limitless with them. Yeah, I think um, we also got to con- remember that we've got guys like Device Stewart. Um, Terrell to come back into this into this team um, on their return from injury. So there's still um, a lot of quality that's that's just on the on the pine at the moment. So um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, I, with what they said, they said the original offer for um, that young striker was like they pretty much doubled it to get yeah. him. Um, so obviously someone's seen something um, pretty significant in him that they're willing to to make such a such a big jump um, to to grab him. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. But I I think um, the other thing. I mean, we haven't really talked about the Brentford game yet, but just that it's sort of related is the like the there the, in regards to that loss and, and how whatever and how everyone's now perceiving you know us as almost a club in turmoil um, and on the decline, but that was a very good side that we played on the yep. weekend, you know. Um, 
So that's that's the you know I, it's always disappointing to to lose by such a such a large margin. But I think like they they looked very good, and and I would be surprised if they can't actually if they're not kicking on and pushing for those automatic spots. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the Brentford game in a little bit more detail in a second. Last question around the transfers. Were you a little bit surprised Bowen ended up at West Ham? I, I really thought that he probably would have gone to a slightly higher club. Um, it's, uh, I guess it's a risk that I, I, I kind of find it interesting if he's gone to a club that's in a relegation battle, if he finds himself back in the championship in six months. I'm sure it would feel to some extent like a pretty wasted move, but um, you know, maybe at the end of the day they were the only ones with a solid offer and, and he saw them as his big opportunity. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, January is always, January's January, uh, and especially like when you get, when we get to that, to this time of year and it's normally the sort of clubs that are willing to take that punt on Bowen at that time of year are those clubs who are sort of in that closer to that fight they need they're trying to find something different to to sort of kick on with that or you're like the clubs on the cusp of champions league and as much as i think he could he will end up at a club like that i don't know if that would be one i don't know if it'd be the best move for him right now because i think he'd spend a lot more time watching them playing yeah um but also um i don't think that they would see him as someone who's only ever succeeded in the championship as a player that's going to help them kick on to you know reach that fourth, fourth or fifth spot in on the, in the Premier League. So I think it just sort of came down to just the time, like you know, it being January window and, and the clubs that I guess were, were willing to pay what the club was asking. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, we will talk about that Brentford game now, uh, not not for too long because it was a pretty. Um, um, uh, unhappy sort of affair. Um, I guess, as you say, I, I think the first thing that needs to be said is that it's absolutely a credit to a, a fantastic Brentford side, and they are certainly a side that will be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Um, and it is also worth pointing out that we did lose to them by the exact same scoreline last season with Bowen and Grzycki in the side. Um, what I find so interesting, though, is the fact that we've lost two of our more attacking players, and yet um, that's somehow being drawn a link to to the manner of the result when it's when believe that there might have been a bit of a deflation in the dressing room that people might have been pretty disappointed that the owners and 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 the people above us are sort of saying that the season's over so why should we try um but as professionals they've got to just put their heads down and and, and put the effort in um and it was a really disappointing display in a lot of ways um i, I do sort of agree with the comment that there was effort there to an extent that a lot of the players seem to be trying they just weren't organised enough or there wasn't en- enough direction on how to play that could get us sort of more focused. And um, I hate to make him a scapegoat, but I was I was really amazed that Kingsley was listed as one of the best by a lot of people because time and time again when he starts games, you just have to look at the fact that the amount of space that he leaves on his side because he tucks in so far and gives wingers so much space on that right wing for them, um, it's just... It just makes it so difficult for us to defend chances when when they have that much time and space and it's it's almost every display that i see where he's on the side where that sort of thing happens and i mean sure maybe he's made a few decent clearances maybe he's set up a few decent plays but it's just inexcusable and and i don't know if he's being directed to the to the to do that i don't see that with uh, you know fleming or elder when they're in the side to that extent um, and it just it leaves us so vulnerable and and was a clear part of the reason that we conceded so many goals 
Um, yeah, I, t- I tend to share your sentiments on Kingsley. It seems like it would be hard to argue that that's a tactical um, decision because you don't see Lehigh doing that mm. um, from on the right side of the defence. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's he just sort of he never really seemed. I I just feel. I don't know. We, I think we both tend to agree that when when Elder is there, we, we you know we seem much more settled and much more comfortable um, defending that left side of the of the field. But I think um, I thought the midfield, you know, wasn't was a bit ineffective. I've um, been I've been really disappointed in Kane. I've got to say, I know he started on the bench, I think, but I mean, he's and then, look, maybe he's another one that I'm sort of scapegoating to an extent. But he's just not really offered a whole lot um, when he's been playing. Um, yeah, probably. Um, I t- tend to agree with that. He's sort of bits and pieces, you know, a nice touch here and there, and a, or a nice pass. But in terms of a, you know, a forty-five or a ninety-minute performance, it's it's not very. It's not consistent across mm. the whole board. He's he's coming in and out of matches, you know. Um, I don't know, but I think you know, to like as well as it was one of those where all week, you know, they obviously would have been preparing for that game and they're doing their analysis and they're. They would have been, you know, going, oh, well, we can exploit, you know, Camille and Jared, we can exploit them here and here and here. And then comes, you know, the day before the game or and and now they're gone, they're out of the picture. And, you, and, you know, I'm sure there would have been contingencies in place for that, um, for that. But it's, it, I think just with how that all unfolded and, and so quickly over those last couple of days of the window that um, I think, yeah, it would have had to have unsettled the team a little bit. Um, but I think um, what else happened? I think Magenta started again. Yeah, and I think that's, we're both in agreement on that one as well. Just blows my mind. I don't. I've never. I just. It just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. And um, yeah, anyway. But I, I think I think Eves I feel... at least Eves offers. Um, and look, you can say all you want about his inability to score a whole heap of goals for us, but I think Eves offers so much more around the pitch than Magenta. I don't think Magenta even uh, was involved in the play much at all. Uh, from memory, um, whereas at least with Eves, you've got someone who can hold the ball up really well. He can draw his, you know, um, teammates into the mm. game. He can, you know, if you want to get a, a, a clearance out of defence to sort of alleviate pressure, and he brings the ball down, he can then hold it up until Wilkes and uh, and whoever's on the other wing, whether it's Lewis Potter or whoever, can run into space. And 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 that's actually somebody else to mention as having actually a really good game. I thought was Lewis Potter was just about man of the match for me. I think I probably would have given it Tafazoli ironically in a five-one defeat. Um, but I thought Lewis Potter was fantastic, and he created as many chances as he could from that left wing. And he really took his chance with both hands. And I think he played the full ninety minutes as well, which was great to see. So um, I hopefully see a lot more of him starting a few games in the future. Yeah, I think um, I think he was really he's really impressive for um, you know for considering he's no oh, what's he eighteen maybe yeah, I think um, he's eighteen or nineteen yeah yeah so like for for a young guy with not not a great deal of experience you know he's come on a few times at, at the at the back at you know at, towards the end of games he's has started you know played a couple of cup games and that but in terms of se- in terms of that senior experience and you know not not a great deal of experience so to, to come in and. And, and play from the from the get go and play you know pr- pretty well. I thought you know a uh, t- few t- times he sort of got you know his inexperience got exposed, but I think overall he put in a really good account of himself. Um, Tafazoli, I think you you mentioned he's. I mean he's. I've been actually really impressed with how well he's come in and and for the most part he's you know able to, to he's comfortable on the ball and playing the ball out 
from the back really well. Mm. Um, apart from that, <laughs> um, <laughs> which has now gone down as an own goal. I was so disappointed. I was, I was surprised at that because I actually thought it was it on target. I, yeah, I didn't think it really. It didn't look like it actually took that big of a touch. Yeah, I thought it just um, went straight through his legs. But you know, maybe. It, who knows? But that's what they've decided. But yeah. um, apart from that, which ended up in a goal anyway, um, I thought you know he's he's been really good. Um, I think he was actually at fault for one or two of the goals, but in saying that, he was responsible for cutting down a, a heap of other chances as well. So um, he's been you know, and that's this is the same thing. You're saying like this is League One players who you know we're buying League One players and you know not buying on. Um, you know, experience and quality. We're buying potential. This guy—I mean, he's 27. He's one of the older players in the yeah. team, but he's only ever played League One, and and he's come in and stepped in the championship. So there's no reason that the other guys that we have brought up can't replicate that. I think Madison. I sort of mentioned it before. I thought when he came, when he when he came on, I think he was. I thought he was really good on that right hand side. He, um, you know, I I think I mentioned to you privately that I he was there was moments that I was reminded mm. of Bowen. Um, you know, when he was cutting inside along the edge of the box and 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 having shots. So I think um, I think there's enough talent and spark creatively there to um, that once he gets. Once he starts, you know, starting games and and playing for long, uh, longer periods, that he's gonna. I think he will be an exciting um, prospect for us. Um, hopefully, he has a successful six months, and then he, you know, signs a longer contract, and we can keep him for a little while. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll talk now about that that Reading game coming up, and I guess the the way to, to to transition into that is perhaps to talk about our potential lineup for that game because I think for the first time in a while. Um, it's a much more open-ended question to, to figure out what our eleven would be, and I think it would be really interesting if we could see Madison starting on on one wing, um, potentially, I guess maybe Wilkes on the other, and then hell, you could even have Lewis Potter up top. But um, failing that, you could you could have Lewis Potter on one wing, um, Madison through the middle, perhaps. And, and Wilkes on the other. Um, and, of course, we've still got Scott as well, who'd be really interesting to see if we could get a look at him. I, I think he's going to be more of a player coming off the bench. He's still quite young, getting you know getting used to the game. Um, I mean, I, I guess the main question is what to do with that central midfield because I just... I mean, Honeyman's another one that I just really am a bit worried by at the moment. I just don't think he's offering a whole lot um, at all, really. But I just don't know what the alternative is. I don't know when... Stuart's not back for a little while... Um, whether we do an Irvine, Lopez, and Kane midfield three, I guess. Um, maybe Batty. I mean, Batty hasn't really had much of a look in recently, but I'd love to see him get a game as well. But, um, you know, it's the, it's the defence that's the worry as well, but maybe if we can sort out the midfield, it'll help the defence out a little bit. Yeah, I think um, I think Samuelson should be good for Reading, I think. Okay. Yep. I, thought he was only, I, thought, I thought he was only out. For, with something minor that I thought I think that that's what I read last time I read anything that that he would be good for this coming match um, which gives you another option he's been quite tidy on the ball um, at the top of that midfield might go um, quite well yeah and, and he'd be uh, a good one with uh, like he seems to have similar sort of attributes <laughs> to uh, to Madison where they could almost rotate where one's mm. on the wing one's at that sort of attacking midfield spot and uh, even Lewis Potter, really, you could have a bit of a fluidity across those three. Yeah, well, I think I mean that's probably not a bad when you sort of when you mention that fluidity because when when I mean we're still talking, you know, still 
still talking about Grzycki and Bowen, even though they're not here anymore. But when they were so when they were getting involved with each other and roaming and 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 the floating around at that that front three and not necessarily being stuck to the left and right wing is when we seemed to have the most success. We seemed Bowen was scoring a lot more when he was combining with Grzycki. Um, yeah. So I think. You know, being able to get all those, because you know, get out, getting all our attacking players combining and working together is is going to be the key to to us having to starting to score more goals. Because it's now been, oh, what it be, be about five hours or something since we've we've actually scored a league goal that hasn't been an own goal. I think we've only scored one goal this year, which was uh, Bowen Wednesday, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a bit of a. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I guess also Grzycki in the cup, but one league goal, yeah. Yeah. And even that um, Grzycki goal, I'd say, was pretty arguably an own goal. Mm. Um, so, you know, there's, uh, that's, was all, that, I mean, that the attack was already slowing down because we there's three or four games where Grzycki and Bowen were there and we weren't scoring and creating a lot. So um, that's the the fact that we didn't do a lot on the weekend is not indicative of them not being there. It's just we would on a bit of a offensive decline anyway um hopefully you know some some fresh blood will spark things along again um but hopefully we don't start with magenis again that's my <laughs> that's my one request not start yeah. with magenis up top we surely have um, enough attacking but, options now that we can come up with a, another formation that doesn't involve him surely you've got we've um, well, now we've got James Scott, we've got Balock, we've got Eves, we've got, yeah. So we've got, we seem now all of a sudden we have an abundance of strikers. Um, so yeah. surely we McCann can come up with something else um, to do with that. But I think, oh, I, I think the backline, unless Device or Elder was was fit again, I think it'd stay the same. Um, I, you know, I can't see any reason why he would have put Kingsley into that. Back. Because it'd be interesting if we could at least put mm. Pennington at right back Actually, and Lee High at left back. That'd be that'd, that'd be nice. That's, that's probably I guess that would be the only other thing that would challenge what I was about to say. <laughs> is if Pennington was back, I was going to say I, I can't see any reason why he would have put Kingsley in and then and then just take him out yeah. to put in to put like Fleming or someone in. But if Pen, if it was Pennington, then I could probably see I could see that switch um, across from Lee High and that. But I think. Um, yeah, the mid the midfield I think at the moment is is as our main problem. We're we're letting them we're letting opposition teams just roll through there far too easily, and and we're having to you know face so many attacking opportunities. And the more we the the more of those we have to face, the more likely we are to then concede. So I think um, just solidifying that midfield, and I think um, hopefully when Stewart's back, he can just continue the form that he was in when he um, left because he was outstanding at the start of the season. So, yeah. But okay. I think, yeah, I think we're just sort of waiting for, <laughs> we're sort of stuck in a bit of waiting for yeah. turns from injuries at the moment to really, um, you know, bring the squad back towards, you know, f- full strength and full fitness. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, Reading, who for most of the season have been so far behind us and have really been battling a relegation fight, are now only one point behind us, which I guess does has, have us sort of looking over our shoulders. I think I think the talk of a relegation fight is probably a little bit overblown in the, in the local media. I do think it's a bit um, doomsday scenario, but um, I just can't imagine. I think the total... The last season, uh, the third bottom team was relegated on 50 points and we're already at 49 points, I think. 
So, I mean, it would have to take some sort of catastrophic collapse and, and the sides below us to start picking up a ridiculous amount of points. Um, but but Reading, Reading have uh, uh, one... Uh, sorry, they have three draws in their last five. So they've only had two losses in the last five. We've had four losses. I think I saw somewhere that our longest losing streak in our history was five losses. I could be wrong because that sounds not that many. Uh, for our longest ever losing streak, but I think it could be something like that, or maybe it's it's home losses. I'm not sure, um, but it, we are sort of getting into uncharted territory here, and we do need to sort of turn a corner at some point. So, um, what do you see the outcome being of this game, and what's your score prediction for this game? Oh, um, it's a tough one when you consider the <laughs> what's what's happened, and and the four, it's really hard to um to to sort of give a gauge, but. I think I, I'd be very surprised if we didn't produce some sort of response from a from a five-one loss. Um, it's not very often, I, I, in my experience, that they, that you follow up a five-one loss with a with another really poor performance. Um, it'll be about trying to restore some pride from the players, you know, and 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 show that they deserve to wear that jersey. So I think that it, it'll they'll they'll be up for the fight um, this weekend. But I probably don't. Really, I don't think that might. I'm, I'm not expecting more than a point actually yeah. out of the game, to be honest. Um, probably like a one-all draw. Yeah, I probably agree with you there. I, I think it'll be a draw. It'd be great if we could get the win, but um, I just think with the form we're in, you know, as we said, we've scored one goal ourselves for the year. So it's, um, you know, even if we can score, you know, a couple of goals, two-two draw would be quite quite nice for me i think but thank you for joining me dan it's been a uh, a late one but we've uh, gotten through most of the big topics from the last week there's uh, always a lot to say on uh, on city especially when there's a transfer window closing i think these days i think it's seven or eight transfer deadlines in a row that we've, we've signed or sold players on the final day of the window so always news to talk about but uh thank you for joining me um that's all right i just wanted to um i just can't what was the um, I just saw today the um, academy coach. Oh yes, that, yes, yes. Uh, Chris Blakeston. I just That's wanted it. to just yeah. Um, yes. If anyone's listening, but you know, from from us, I suppose, just uh, um, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers for the family of Chris Blakeston. Um, I saw some of the players come out. I think Ken Lewis Potter said he was the blo- he was the guy who brought him to the to the club. So yeah, um, a bit of a bit of a loss. Um, I think it was cancer related and, and only aged forty, so quite young and quite sad. Yeah, pr- really sad news. And it's it's one of those ones where you see so many players with such you know positive, overwhelmingly positive sort of things to say about him. So he clearly touched a lot of players' hearts and uh, really influenced a lot of those younger guys coming through the academy and and played a big role in. I mean, you look at you look at the the state our academy is in now after what it was maybe five six years ago, and 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 no doubt he played a uh, a big part in in that. And so yeah, absolutely, I echo your thoughts. You know, thoughts and prayers to his family and and loved ones, and and condolences to everyone impacted by uh, a pretty tragic bit of news there. Um, but yeah, so thank you for joining me for this one, Dan. Yeah, that's all right. And no worries. Thank you, everyone, for listening in for this week's episode of The Tigers Down Under. Hopefully, we can get the three points, bounce back to winning ways, and uh, set ourselves up for at least a, a top-half finish to this season. But until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group, or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. 